What is up, everybody? Welcome back to TMT Time. I'm your host, Evan Rothstein. Today, I'm welcoming back into the podcast, Lindsay Schultz from Visa. Lindsay, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be here. And today, we are going off topic, right-hand turn, away from traditional TMT time speak, because Lindsay and I are starting our own new sub-podcast within TMT time, and we have come up with a new name, and that is Law 5D. Some of you may be wondering, what the heck is Law 5D? Lindsay, tell us what that is. Okay, so this is the most important part of the podcast, obviously. Um, we tossed around law 3D because, you know, 3D is obviously a very colloquial way of um, tying things together, but we're that much extra. So we decided that we are law dorks that dish about data, digital life, and daily news. Um, so pretty much that means we can talk about whatever we want. Although I did have someone dispute that, you know, really, are we dorks or are we just you know, cool people that. Yeah, with I mean, so basically we're covering all three dimensions plus two more on the same podcast. And because we're both lawyers and dorks and we really like digital stuff, data, obviously, because Lindsay's a privacy lawyer and we follow the news. So there's your daily dish we're dishing. So yes, it's Law 5D and I'm hoping this will be a fun sort of side turn on TMT time to allow our listeners to get to know us a little bit better and maybe have some more, you know, granular, interesting stuff. Right, Lindsay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we will tie it back to daily things. And the first thing that I want to talk about today, and these are going to come out in a more current manner uh, than some of the other podcasts. And the first thing is, because it just happened in the last couple of days, is the outage, God forbid, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're recording this on, uh, I don't even know what day is it today, October 6th, right? So October, two days ago, the the world came to a standstill. It ceased with, to exist in the minds of some people. <laughs> with, with Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram going down. Um, ad revenue was lost, I'm sure. People didn't know what to do if they got bored on a, on a conference call. The whole world just was crippled. Um, and I, you know, I, I mean, I have to admit, I did, I did sort of read about what happened, but it's, it's, it's actually shocking that it was such an astronomical failure failure. I mean, the employees couldn't even get in the building to fix the thing at first. Um, so yeah, essentially some attempt to, um, divert traffic to some additional place, um, ca caused the outage, but I mean, that, that's a long outage for such a big company. Um, you expect these big companies to maybe have sort of li little blips, um, that, you know, happen maybe for a few minutes, a couple hours, but all day, that's, that's a big deal. Right. Redundancies. Why, why were there no redundancies? Why didn't, when it went down like the back, you know, backup server farm in the middle of somewhere off the coast, kick back in and everything went back online, but it was gone for like six hours. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then the funny part, funny part of it is not really the, like the nerdy tech part of it. It was just truly the psychological hit that, that people couldn't sort of refresh their feeds and, you know, businesses couldn't post to their customers. And I mean, cause when it, when it did go back up, um, I did, 
did see a lot of small businesses that I follow say, oh, Facebook is back. Thank the Lord. You know, and it's just like that's the primary way they reach their customers. It's a really big deal. Right. So in addition to the teenagers, well, I guess no teenagers are on Facebook anymore, uh, but let's talk about people older than us, maybe that are on Facebook now. <laughs> they were like, what? What's happened with my son down the street? Oh, I know. The Karens in my Facebook group couldn't complain about, you know, their kids not getting chicken nuggets at the cafeteria or whatever they, <laughs> they were concerned about that day. You know, that's a big deal. The, the WhatsApp, actually, I actually communicate with some clients that I work with that are overseas on WhatsApp because I skirt uh, the fees um, by using WhatsApp and I can communicate with people without having to use my, you know, texting and, and data service plans. Um, so for six hours, you know, it was like some people were like in the dark. It was like the dark ages. People were like, what do we do? We got to go forage for food. Think on <laughs> no. Facebook. I know. And Twitter's a big big, um, uptick in volume. I think, you know, LinkedIn's a big uptick in volume. And it it does speak to like the psyche of like social media and what it's done to us, right? I mean, if you've seen the social network on, um, or what is it? Social Dilemma on on Netflix, right? They talk about sort of like these dopamine hits that you get from like checking in and seeing if anything new happened, right? Like, so people like literally had to like find something else um to check rather than be bored or just sort of um you know i don't know go for a walk around the block like an hour after my wife watched that social dilemma movie she went around the house trying to confiscate every device in the house <laughs> and hide it and lock it in a safe like it's, it's horrible yeah. get rid of it. sadly like i was hoping that was going to be really like um like earth shattering for me but like i pretty much knew all the stuff that they that they went over anyway so it was just kind of like oh yeah mm, well i guess now other people know um so but yeah, we have to we have to try and give uh, our listeners some update with the uh, legal ramifications of the Facebook outage. So, from a like a data and a privacy perspective, Lindsay, like what happens to all the data? Like, is it gone for six hours and comes back, or do you have to like re-engage with the privacy policies? Is there anything that that Facebook has to do or the users have to do? I mean, I think I, I don't really know enough about sort of what promises they've made to, to know what what they broke, you know, I mean, like, arguably, if they had some really big clients that had SLAs or like certain expectations of campaigns, and they're going to have to pay out, you know, um, credits on those SLAs or campaigns. I mean, Facebook, you know, for us, you know, laymen that are just using it to advertise, even, you know, large businesses that use it to advertise are normally forced to sort of accept their terms as is, right? And so those terms are obviously very favorable to Facebook. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, they lost some ad revenue, um, you know, I mean, if it comes out that there was an actual, like, incident you know right like you know it was an actual uh, you know attack it was a true like ddos attack which is a i forget how (laughs) basically a ddos attack is an outside invader that makes the systems go down on purpose um i forget what the acronym denial of something something Um, yeah 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 evildoers um so if they found out that that's what it was that's much bigger deal than just like oh we like did not plan for this big like tech shift and it went really badly um you know and of course they're going to be like looking at like can they blame any of their vendors you know like i mean i'm sure even facebook relies heavily on vendors just like everyone else so um i'm sure there's a lot of questions about that the 
you know, like AWS, the uh, server providers, the cloud service providers, I bet they have contracts with those. You know, interesting that you mentioned sort of like, was there an outside attack coincidentally or not at the same time that it went down or roughly the same time, time it went down was the tes testimony in Congress by the Facebook whistleblower whose name I will not use here. Uh, but she testified before Congress about what Facebook knows and what Facebook collects and how they use the data. So I presume from a privacy and data lawyer perspective, Lindsay, that was interesting for you to hear, but probably nothing new really. Yeah, and it's this tricky platform problem, right? Um, you know, Communication Decency Act, right? Like if you're just a platform that like allows people to interact on the platform, you have some um, neutrality and ability not to be liable for sort of like the, the acts that take place on that platform. And so then a lot of, you know, people in Congress don't like that, right? Like, because it's not really regulated. And so there's more and more calls on these platforms to sort of regulate themselves or, you know, I mean, I, I haven't seen a, a law that that will really change that, um, that stance for them per se, but I, I'm sure some legislators want to pass that law. But um, yeah, I mean, from a privacy standpoint, it's tricky, right? Because what Facebook is really selling to consumers in their minds is like, I am connected to my friends. I get to follow businesses that I like. I get a, you know, um, but because they have to make money as a business, obviously their interests are not exactly in line with just sort of giving consumers what they want. They also have to sell adver advertising space. And, and like I was saying before, it is usually the primary way the businesses are reaching their customers now, right? Like, I mean, who's buying a TV spot these days? No one really big companies. So um, when the interests are divergent like that, obviously, you know, you got this, this tension, right? Like, um, and in privacy, we always talk about like, users need to be empowered to have more choice, more um, control. I, I love that, obviously, as a privacy professional, but what these platforms are doing is so insanely complicated. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that would be in a way that makes um, makes sense to consumers. You know, um, I mean, actually, uh, I was talking to someone the other day about cookie banners, right? Like everyone, everyone hates those. Th those are supposed to give you choice and control over which ones? The pop ups. And yeah, the pop ups. The stuff and I want to read, and I'm like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. I'm yeah. gonna read this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and so you know, people just find those annoying, and they just pick a button and move on, right? And so those are meant to give people choice, but do people really understand what those choices are? Hard to say. No, they're looking at their phones and they're like, this stupid thing is covering up <laughs> half of what I wanna look at. How do I make it go away as quickly as possible? You wanna click my data? Fine, fine, click my data, just accept so I can read this because I'm so impatient. I can't even pause for one second and not read what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this whole digital world that we live in too, right? Like it's it's funny because um, now everything's so customized that not, now we have like what this whistleblower was talking about, a situation where, you know, the algorithms are sort of arguably showing people content that's not true, it's potentially harmful. Um, and so, you know, you do think that the platform should ha have some responsibility over that, um, but you know, the amount of data they ingest per second. I don't know exact numbers, but it has to be huge. And so how do they do that effectively? I think they're still sorting it out.
Yeah, no, when the when when I call it love Facebook, since I'm not on it, <laughs> uh, and it and dates me, I call it the Facebook. Since I'm not on the Facebook, what I read about the Facebook outage was <laughs> that there was like hundreds of millions of transactions that were not happening like every minute while it was down and mm-hmm. the, the cost of it going down was in the billions of dollars worldwide which is simply astounding and obviously that the amount of data that that facebook is collecting from literally everyone and it's not not it's instagram too obviously now and whatsapp so it's mm-hmm. everything and the more that they're allowed to purchase in that arena the more data they're going to get and aggregate and apply and it's just kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but I also think, you know, it's unrealistic for people who are have that nervousness to just tell them, like, well, don't use it, right? Um, there's a lot of benefits to it. Like, you know, I can figure out what's going on with my kid's school because I get like 50,000 emails. And then they also remind us on Facebook, you know. <laughs> I mean, I keep it, I've moved a lot. I keep in touch with a lot of friends that way, you know. Um, so it, there, there has to be, some something that happens in between just like you know if you use it you're sort of accepting that we have all this information versus like just don't use it if you don't want us to do this right i mean yeah no um, i mean look i don't use the facebook but i do (laughs) i do use google uh and i have fully bought into the you want to follow me around to all my devices and make suggestions for me and remember my visited websites and everything else google please do that because i can't remember anything and I would love for you to do that for me. And so I, I have uh, signed away my rights uh, to Google, but not to Facebook. That's where I draw the line. Yeah. I mean, and where the Europeans draw the line on that stuff is like, they want you to like have con- have control to the extent that it's not part of the service, right? So like, I want Google to like, remember my passwords. I probably want them to like, remember my profile from, from like my recognizes devices, but do I really want them to build an advertising profile? Like, yeah, maybe not, you know? And I mean, I actually recently, um, at least implied a retention policy on my Google. It's like, I think the minimum you can do is maybe a month or something. So after that, it kind of refreshes and then collects more data on you again. Um, you know, so there are some so things you, like that, wait. that, this is helpful for our yeah. listeners, our many, uh-huh. many listeners. So you can, cha- I know you can change the settings on Google in terms of retention of your own like emails, but you can also re- change retention on the actual other data. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, you, you, you should, if you have a Google profile, which just about everyone does, um, you can go into this setting that probably, I assume it's the privacy settings. Um, can't actually remember, but you can set a retention policy on like, on like how much data they're retaining on you as they're building that, that advertising profile. Um, so in theory, you know, it makes your ads more relevant to whatever you're doing at that time. Um, and also in theory, you know, doesn't have them building up profiles for years and years. And, and I, you know, I have to say, like, obviously I've never worked at Google. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes there, but, um, I did find that helpful. Yeah. Look, I mean, that one, there was a, I don't know, maybe last year when everyone started figuring out that there was a map you could pull up in your Google profile that would pull up a map of the world and it would show all the places you've been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your phone does that too, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but like you're actually physically carrying your phone with you. So I think yeah. that and to some people, they're like, oh, you know, I know the phone's kind of tracking me and probably listening to me. Um, but 
you know, with Google, maybe you didn't know that because that's mm -hmm. not always actively used by your phone. But yes, I, I looked at my map. Um, my first thought was like, oh, cool. I've been a lot of places. My second thought was, oh, not cool. How do they know that? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, that, that's that's tracking. Actually, I was with some of my friends this weekend and we were uh, one of my friends does or the former CrossFit, whatever it's called now, um, since they had their scandal. Um, <laughs> That exercise class, formerly known as CrossFit, uh, he does it and has these particular brand of shoes called No Bowl. Oh, which, yeah. Mm -hmm. you, seen, I've heard you know of what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. so, My brother's a CrossFit guy. Oh. Or a former formerly known CrossFit. as CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. So these No Bowl, we were talking about No Bowl oh. sneakers in a group of us at um, drinking, you know, non-adult beverages family safe podcast, family safe beverages together. And later that night, one of my friends came over to me and showed me his phone. And he's like, I am now getting advertisements for everything, no bull on everything on his face, on his, the Facebook account and everything else. So his phone was listening to the conversation, hearing the no bull discussion and now giving him noble advertisements. Is that yeah. a privacy setting? Is I mean, I've had some conversations. Yeah, so I've like um, looked into this uh, and sort of among privacy professionals and thing. And let, unless, you know, these companies are not, not telling us the truth, that's usually not what's happening. What's actually happening is that sites that you're visiting across your phone are all sharing information together. So it's possible, like maybe he was like looking at workout gear generally, and then he's like also following CrossFit, right? So like if he was generally looking for workout gear on Google, say, and then also follows CrossFit on Facebook, then, you know, a company can target ads, no bull ads, for example, to him based on all that information, right? Like, um, because your phone, the apps on your phone can share advertising information, which I know um, Apple's now giving consumers more control over, but that that's what's happening. That, that information is um, kind of getting gathered in the background in order to uh, provide you more relevant ads. That's kind of, that's that's the um, angle that they go for that, you know, you will get more relevant ads this way, so. Uh, all right, well, that freaks me out, but let's actually, you just <laughs> mentioned Apple, um, which I actually did want to also ask you. So I just got, the new iPhone 13 Max Pro super duper phone that I got up really early and signed up for since I was still rocking the 10. Um, the 13 is supposedly more privacy safe and there are, I have noticed because I updated it from the iCloud, from the cloud, um, from my last phone, there was a lot of click-throughs really that were like, this app wants to track you 100% of the time. This app wants to always track you. This app has been in the background tracking you and all of your movements. Um, what is that? Is that a new thing? Is that, I have assumed that's privacy related. I just hadn't seen it It is, before. yeah. I mean, so like all these big companies, to the extent they can, they're trying to self-regulate. Um, and also, you know, the GDPR is forced their hand again and they don't, they don't want to so they want to customize everything um, by country. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, essentially there's sort of a gap in sort of the way apps were working. A lot of the SDKs that they use, the software data kits that they use have some of this ad tech software like baked into it. And so, you know, a lot of people just did not know that that software possibly was powering um, digital advertising. And so, um, 
the, and then a Apple had this thing called the IDFA, which is basically an advertising identifier. So that's basically you're turning that identifier off when you're saying like, you know, don't do this. Um, in a nutshell, I mean, like I, I am not full, full disclosure. I'm not, not an engineer. I'm not a super technical person. Um, but, but yeah, like the extent that I understand what's going on, that's kind of what's going on. So, um, you, but you are a privacy lawyer. So you, you yeah. this is like a, you know, interesting segue in or sort of like bringing it back to the law since we do have five D's here. Um, <laughs> are these, are these pop-ups like legal things that are going to start happening? Like, are we going to be, do you see them in Facebook? Like, are, you know, are these opt-outs? Is this where this is going? It could be. I mean, um, the California Privacy Rights Act, which is the new version of CCPA, they want to empower everybody to not only say, do not sell my data, which could, in theory, be interpreted a little bit more broadly, um, but they also want people to say, don't share my data, which is more getting at this tracking across websites, apps, devices. Um, essentially that is closing kind of like a perceived gap in the do not sell provision of the um, CCPA because people were very confused about, about that. I mean, because it was basically a sale with something that, you know, you got valuable consideration from. So, okay. So a lot of advertising, you know, maybe, maybe you can do some of it for free, but you're reaching your customers. So that provides value. So, you know, is that a sale or not? Um, and so the do not share essentially closes that loop, um, but it's still an opt out. I mean, U.S. is very focused on opt out. Um, in, and then, you know, EU obviously likes to take things a step further and do opt in. Um, although even in digital advertising, it, it's, a, it's still a bit of a gray area, whether or not you completely have to do all opt in, or if there's some basis on which you can sort of rely on this sort of legitimate interest, which requires you to weigh like the risk to against the benefit of doing the whatever no, the activity is but yeah i feel like there's an entire generation of people or maybe two generations of people in the us who, who get fomo every time one of those opt-outs pop up and they're like "Ooh, i really want Ooh, if i don't if i clicked opt out what am i going to miss out on yeah well they do that on purpose right <laughs> like the copy will always say like you know, well, if you do this, it's fine, but the ads won't be as relevant and you'll still get ads anyway. <laughs> so then you're like, well, if I'm getting them anyway, maybe I should just not opt out. Um, yeah, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, uh, it's, like, it's like that, get that thing off my, accept cookie thing off my screen and blocking my, my valuable yeah. reading time. I need mm -hmm. to see if something changed in the world in the last seven seconds since I updated my, my phone, my refreshed, my refresh rate. I was trying to, I was, I had spent a day last week trying to count the amount of times I refreshed my email inbox during the day to see if I got something new. And I, lo I lost count because it's so many and it made me I need to do some introspection, uh, looking inward with myself, figure out, hmm, I maybe have an addiction to the internet and my email. Well, I'm not sure I know anyone that does it at this point, but well, probably every single one of our listeners, which is why <laughs> this podcast, which right. is why we love you. Yeah. Keep listening. All right. Well, <laughs> this is our first law 5d podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and actually learned something. Uh, I did. So we're going to come up with some uh, kitschy end 
shebang here for future episodes, but I am delighted to have welcome Lindsay back in and to embark on this new uh, voyage with her. So Lindsay, this uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Can't wait. We'll do it again soon.